Welcome to the Candidate Experience Talks, a 15-minute deep dive where we explore real-life candidate experience tactics through honest talks with experts in recruitment and talent acquisition. With me, Sima Vanessankel, let's go! In this episode, Joel Singer from Vice Group has spent his last year in creating astonishing experiences for brands like Nike, Unilever and Marshall. Last, he was in the hotel business and that has taught him that everyone in the organization needs to work for the brand and experience. In today's episode, he will talk about the power of Net Promoter Score and that candidate experience need to catch up and be seen as important as customer experience. Hi, Joel, and welcome to the Candidate Experience Talks podcast. Hi, Simon. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for joining us. So this will be an episode where we will learn from you, Joel, because you have a long background, worked many years in achieving a great customer experience. And I know that you have some great tips, uh, how uh, things you can bring into the candidate experience work as well. So uh, you have a long experience and you know... you. I know you started working at Nike with the customer experience. Can you tell us a bit about what you did at Nike and what you learned there? Yeah, so a couple of years back, I worked at Nike um, first as a key account manager. And uh, later on, I, I worked at the European headquarters in the Netherlands, where I had a product and marketing responsibility for a couple of markets and, and product categories. And what you learn very early at Nike is that you need to obsess the brand. And the second thing is you need to love the consumer. It's the end consumer that actually decides and dictates, you know, how we work and what we do. So customer satisfaction is, is everything. It's very much the basics and the center of, of what Nike does and what they try to deliver. Do you have some examples uh... You say that experience is everything and the, the end customer is everything. Uh, how was that implemented at Nike? I mean, it's in, it's, in, it's in the walls. It's like the matrix. It's like it's incorporated into everything you do. So you always take a customer experience into account. You know, when they work omni-channel, whatever channel they work in, you should get that kind of Nike experience. If it's in physical retail, if it's in uh, online e-commerce platforms, you should always feel the same Nike presence. It should always be the same feeling. You should feel like a part of the brand, whatever touch points you interact with. So it's, I, I would say it's integrated into everything that they do from product design to, to user experience in all platforms. That's 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 great to hear and and love it to hear. So so it's about creating that community and creating those fans out there. And I, I I know that Nike has fans. I know that yeah. they they do that a lot, and they're competitors as well. I think one can say. So uh, yeah. So so after working at Nike, uh, you switched jobs again, and customer experience was again a part of that role. Can you explain more about when you switched over to Unilever? Like you said, basically every time I changed jobs, I also changed category or industry. So I went from sporting goods, from one of the biggest global brands in the world, to another very big brand, but within FMCG, uh, a little company called Unilever, which has, I think, over 400 global brands. 
And at Unilever, I was responsible for products within the foods category uh, with the ambition to improve people's health. So my basically my yearly goal was to save potentially 500,000 lives by selling the products that I was working with. And, pro- and customer and consumer experience, I mean, it was very much into the details of, let's say, artwork and packaging. But, but I think the most important was that the, the products actually delivered what we promised, that the taste was fantastic, that the total, like, you, you talk about stuff like palate, like, how does this product feel on your tongue, in your mouth? What does it smell like? What does it taste like? So you did all these kind of tests and surveys with consumers to understand if it really delivers on the promise that you say. Uh, and that had to be reflected in, in everything we did, like from marketing. So when we did collaborations with uh, external uh, parties or, you know, if it was a in-store testing of a product or a demo, uh, we had to always deliver on that promise. So consumers were always like, in the back of our mind, but also like that was the vision. And it's, it's not only about how, how did this product taste, it's also like what we're trying to say. Is it easy to understand? And I think I learned very early that when you communicate to consumers, it should be that easy that your mom or your grandma would understand. If they don't, it's too complicated. And I think that goes for anything. If it's a headphone packaging, if it is a uh, PR communication or whatever kind of marketing you do, it should be so easy to understand that my now late grandma would understand what we're trying to communicate. Uh, I understand. So establishing the customer experience, both from Nike and Unilever, it's like the matrix is getting it to be part of everything is is important and uh, i think candidate experience can learn a lot from that i i i know that of course customer experience started a lot earlier but it's very good to if you're working with candidate experience it's good to look at the customer experience and how companies work with that uh, i would say you can definitely get some some tips and tricks from that and learn how you can establish it in your company so yes, you worked at Unilever. It was a bit different from your role at Nike. And then you started working in the hotel business, or at uh, was it Sound Industries first? Yeah, before that it was uh, Sound Industries. Um, so again, changed industries and went into consumer electronics. I had no idea what the hell I was doing, but I, I just said, well, it's a fantastic opportunity, strong brand, so let's do it. Uh, and got uh, into the role of global brand director for Marshall Headphones and Speakers. Um, at Sound Industries, I mean, everything is a... It's all about meeting expectations and delivering the best possible products that we could. So whenever... I mean, we did everything from like concept, uh, concepting a product. So what should these pair of headphones include? What's the battery life? What's the ergonomics? How should they feel? What's the sound? What's the acoustic uh, characteristics? What should the price be? Is it competitive? Etc. Etc. And in order to launch and deliver a really strong product, we had to know what the consumer would think about it. So we did a lot of pre-launch tests. Um, and something we also did a lot was obviously PR, where 
earned media was our strongest kind of method or weapon because you can never manipulate a PR review. I mean, some do, but we, we did, never did. Uh, so any review we got was totally honest. And, you know, when you get Times Magazine to write something like the sexiest home speaker on the planet, I mean, that's, that's pretty good, uh, I would say. So we worked a lot with that. Consumer experience was all the time in focus and, and very centric in our work. Uh, so when delivering uh, or launching a product, uh, the consumer was always in mind and in the center of everything. So you had some kind of tests group where you could test all these things from price to packaging to design and to create that sexy product that Times Magazine would write about. Definitely. And we did everything in-house. So everything from the first time I wrote a concept on a future product development we had everything in-house. We did like 3D printing, printings of a possible product. How should it feel? How should it look? We had so many workshops on the leather, the quality, the color. Um, should the headphones be flexible? Um, are they intuitive? Are they easy to use? So when you press on, does it work? How does the knob here on the side work? Uh, Etc. So we did all kinds of like millions of tests for each launch to really make sure that the user experience was uh, up to par. Okay, so uh, we've been chatting about your three first jobs here uh, that were related to customer experience. And I would say when you're talking about customer experience, you're, you're talking on a detailed level, I would say. Is that important? I think it's very important. And like if we go a bit forward now in time and when I change jobs again, it became even more evident. I, so after Zound, I went into the hospitality industry and became the CEO. And uh, I was the first one to be employed when a Nordic hotel chain called S Group was going to open up Ellery Beach House uh, on the island of Lidinga outside of Stockholm. They really changed my way of looking at consumer experience because whenever I did my brand plans, either business or marketing, it was always ranked by um, basically business, employees, customer. And I did that plan for Ellery, a uh, fantastic hotel. But then, you know, the leadership team told me like, Joel, your plan is great. But what happens if you flip it upside down so that you have customer or guest, employees and then budget? And I'm like, wow, that's that's genius. Because what that actually means is that Within the hospitality industry, the guest is the center of attention, where the primary goal is to have, um, uh, you know, you want guests to come again and again, and you only get to that result if you are obsessed about their experience. So just by understanding that if you put the consumer or end user in the, your top priority, you know, that's going to have a major effect on your total business. So I think it's really in that job where I actually learned so much about NPS and um, why it's really important. I mean, I had always understood it. But when you're in a hotel, you have a guest that comes in, they have their experience, and then they evaluate you basically a couple of hours after they leave. So you have black and white exactly information on how did you perform? Was the value for money up to par? Was the 
I mean, we went through everything, everything from the receptions. When you entered the hotel, how were you greeted? The breakfast, how was that? The room, how was the cleanliness? And what it helped me with as a CEO was to communicate the vision and our goals internally. Because I could say to someone within cleaning that you are one of the most important employees that I have. Because if the room is clean and you do a really, really good job, then the guest will be happy because the first impression you get is the room. If it's tidy, if it's neat, if it looks good, if there's a nice little extra gift on the bed, the guests, you know, start their kind of hotel experience in a really good mood. And that's where it all starts. So I explained to the staff within cleaning that you have one of the most important jobs here. And if you do a great job, that leads to that the guest usually spends more money uh, in general in the hotel. So our total revenue per guest will increase just by you cleaning the room really well. Because I think that it's very important when you talk about NPS and consumer and customer experience, it's so important to explain to everyone what their part in the whole thing is. So the cleaning staff, they need to understand that they are a part of a bigger goal. If they reach their goal, the department reaches their goal. At the end of the day, the hotel reaches their goals and we have more reoccurring guests. So I think that's probably, yeah, the most revolutionizing experience I ever had in my life. Looking at NPS and and guest experience within the hotel industry changed everything about how I think about NPS. As passionate about candidate experience, I'm I'm thrilled to hear about all of these experiences and how you also evolved during your different roles. So, but but your uh, role now is working with customer experience and candidate experience at Wise Group. So, what experiences did you bring into that role uh, relevant to candidate experience? I think I told you, Simon. Uh, so, yeah, I'm Chief Commercial Officer today at Wise Professionals, and I think I was very open with with my future boss or my current boss that I join, I, I want to join you guys because I think that the recruitment business are not doing a good job. I, I told them about all the experiences I had had as a candidate, where if you are a promising candidate within a recruitment process, you're treated like a king or like a god. But if you're not interesting, then you rarely hear from the recruiter. I mean, you're lucky if you get some kind of feedback. Uh, it can, I mean, and it can go on for weeks. And you just lose kind of the, your impression of the recruitment company, but also the, the company that's actually looking for somebody and using the recruitment agency as a help. I mean, your kind of love for that brand or company goes, goes down the basement. And it changes the way you look at them and probably influences your future choices. So, so me joining this industry is, is very much based on my own experiences from these kind of processes. Yeah, and I think many can, many can relate. So uh, we're, we're going to wrap this up with three quick questions. So what's your favorite tool in HR? I mean, currently uh, we, we use Trustcruit. So I, I'm fairly new to the program uh, but I'm getting the hang of it and I want to do so much more with it so I would say right now that it is Trustcruit. And I think I know the answer to this but, but what's your favorite metric? Well that's easy it's, NP- it's NPS for sure. And do we have any 
favorite book or content you want to share? A book that's helped me in my life. It's a Swedish title and it's called Att leva ett liv inte vinna ett krig. And it's all about acceptance. Because in different phases in life we go through difficulties and it's all about accepting. It's all about pressing the OK button. Uh, it's, it's a kind of a mindfulness exercise where you get to accept what you don't accept. And I think that's basically the story of my life. You need to, you need to go um, into areas where you're not comfortable and just try stuff out and you will mess up. That's the whole, that's the journey, that's a part of it. And you have to mess up to be able to do right in life. Uh, and sometimes you just need to accept that things are not the way I want, but, but they can get there. Yeah. That's uh, it's it's been great having you. Thanks for for sharing all your experiences here, and I think definitely this is a lot of uh, good takes and tips and tricks to to learn from your experience and customer experience, thanks. and and why you joined Candidate Experience. So thanks for joining the Candidate Experience Talks podcast, Joel. Thanks, Simon. Look forward to to working with you in the future. Yeah, thank you. You as well. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you liked it, join our Candidate Experience Talks community on LinkedIn, where we share exclusive guest content, discussions, and full video episodes of the show. Search for Candidate Experience Talks on LinkedIn, and you'll find the community. Don't forget to subscribe in your podcast app. Until next time, take care and turn those candidates into promoters.